versus WWE Hall of Famer Tito Santana, and you're listening to Sunset Flip Radio. Arriba! We have finally eclipsed what a real radio show does, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Sunset Flip Radio, your number one podcast of the art and sport of professional wrestling. I'm your co-host, the $100 man, Thomas Lisi, always joined with the most handsome man in the room, Alex Drain, and for the first time... On location in Christian's bedroom, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Mr. Wonderful, Jeff Noise. Jeff, uh, man, how is there. Christian's bedroom treating you right now? Uh, it's a one-bedroom apartment um, on top of a Dairy Queen. And, uh, <laughs> it's really bad. It. He's got to fight uh, <laughs> somebody for, uh, Go ahead. for scraps in the dumpster. <laughs> A lot of roaches, a lot of, you know. Oh, that means you're on the... Crap. Oh, you must be at the Rawway Dairy Queen. Yeah. <laughs> Been there. Been there. No, no, Jeff, Jeff's on a... Jeff sent on us. Uh, we sent Spe- Jeff on special a... Special assignment. Special assignment this week to get all the dirt down in AEW, especially because they have blood and guts coming up tomorrow on Wednesday, but we sent him down to Christian's... Uh, one bedroom condo in uh, Jacksonville to Christian's get the, <laughs> condo <laughs> to get the the scoop on everything. So, Jeff, we really appreciate you going down and taking one for the team, buddy. Yeah, I'm not going down on Christian. Don't even play that game. <laughs> wow. No, but, but um, you have to outwork everybody. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is no work going on. He is so trash right now in AEW. There but is no. Work. He's getting so lost. Tony oh. Khan's like, why did I give this guy money? Yeah. No, but uh, since your boys were here last week, we got some huge breaking news. Uh, We are out there in the world of uh, independent Independent wrestling wrestling, in New Jersey. Alex, you want to talk about that? Yeah, so we got a, uh, you know, we we joined up, you know, through through our show and the podcast and everything. You know, that means we got some followers out there. Yes, we do. So thank you. Um, Somebody reached out to us from Invictus Pro Wrestling here in New Jersey, northern New Jersey to be exact. And they have a show coming up. Um, June 26th in Little Ferry, New Jersey. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. So we uh, sponsored. We are an official sponsor of their Empire Rising show. Woo! So uh, and your your boys will be in the building for that as Come well. Come watch wrestling with your boys. Your boy. Your yeah. boys with a Z, and not just that. We're also hitting other uh, other events, right, Jeff? Oh, yeah, man. We got also, that's the first indie show that we're doing. And the other one that we're doing is Titan Championship Wrestling on May 15th in Jackson, New Jersey. Right here in our backyard. And right here in our backyard. Right in the backyard. Bring your own which chair. That show is going to be killer. Uh, yes, bring your own chair. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that's kind of like the way of the indies nowadays. Yeah, it is. Like, it is. Which Somebody asked like, me know, about that because at least it's outside and safe with uh, you know COVID. Uh, yeah. Stuff. Which in New Jersey now you know there's no more COVID restrictions for inside, which is beautiful. But at the same point, for a wrestling show, you can do it outside and it'll still be sweet. But on the show, there's also Alpha Junior, uh, Jacob Fatu. Oh uh, man, from MLW, Sean Maruda. This and is... doing a special signing will be Erwin R. Scheister, Mr. Oh, IRS. Wow. Have him wow. Sign. So you better have your taxes in line. I want to have him sign my W-2 when I, if I see him. <laughs> no, but this, is, this is huge for Alex because, you know, the, our loyal listeners from the beginning, Alex always talks about the Samoan bloodline and how much of a fan you are. So this is like right yeah. up your alley, man. Yeah, I know uh, Jacob. I've seen him on the post. You know, he's dead center, of course, on the poster. Yeah. Like, 
is that who I think it is? I was like, yo, it is. This is great. Yeah, I cannot and, wait. And, what, and the show that we're sponsoring. He's up a monster, in, uh, too. I don't know if you guys have, Jeff, if you kind of peeped his work and stuff, but he, he's, somebody's got to give this guy a phone call because he's doing some great work over there in MLW. You got to shout those guys out, too, because I've oh, watched some of those shows and they're great. Great work Absolutely. over there in MLW. Absolutely. Yeah. But and... on top of it, so, so we got those two indie shows lined up, right? So we're going to be setting up there, and also my noise toys will be set up too, so that'll be fun. Cheap plug, but cheap plug. It, cheap plug. Now we have another little cheap plug, a uh, little cheap pop. Then we have another show lined up for June 27th in Tom's River at the Clarion Hotel. The world, Hotel, the Clarion infamous Hotel. Clarion Hotel. <laughs> the. Uh, noise toys and sunset flip radio will be set up and we're doing a toy show that is there and the headline for that there's a autograph signing by here comes the ass wow. here comes the smasher with demolition walking walking disasters i just can't want to walk up to them and just do that <laughs> So, so you, I've been doing that to everybody nowadays. So, I might as well actually do it to Demolition. So, it's ironic how there's three members of Demolition. Uh, well, technically, and there's three members well, of us. Kona Crush. So, so yeah, there's only going to be two there. Yeah, but, yeah. Barry yeah. Darso. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if we wear the face paint going in, I mean, to put ourselves over, I, that'd I mean, be pretty we, cool. We have to go to a local sex shop and get all Dominatrix, Dominatrix, S and M stuff. Like, what are you guys doing? We're like, hey man, we're, we're you. We're, we're right. just you. We're just. <laughs> It's just straight cos. So this isn't right. a cosplay convention. Uh, convention, you're saying? <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know what? I Tom's gonna come in with a chain, a and I'm gonna be around. holding him like a dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, uh, like uh. in dodgeball, and he goes, "Oh, yes. you, you must be yep. daddy." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the old guy, right? Yeah. There. No, but um, you know, check us out there. You know, check us out on social media with all the details about about our uh, sponsorship with Invictus Wrestling and our. Uh, also having a little table set up in May 16th, right? 15th in Jackson. May 15th for Jackson. Yeah, yep. and then uh, June 27th in Tom's River. But, um, yeah, the whole weekend, June 26th and June it's, 27th. It's Sunset Flip Radio weekend. weekend man, that's I'm it, man. Yeah. And, maybe we and, might then, have and some... then on Tuesday mm-hmm. that week, we're going to have New Jack on the show. Yes. <laughs> it's like our WrestleMania week. Surprise. Pretty much. <laughs> New Jack, he'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, he'll cold cock you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you know you don't want to end up. Like, he'll, he'll uh, kill you. Be allegedly. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> yeah. Hey, just like like he said, just like OJ, New Jack, and OJ got off. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, but um, so we have a big show today. We're going to be speaking to Tom Brandy later on in the episode, who is a former wrestler in ECW and WWF, Salvador Sincere. He was also in the independent scene. He was, yes, and 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 in the in the independent scene as the Patriot. So because of that coming on, and because of Kurt Angle's music being the opening theme song of Sons of Flip Radio's episode for this week, it was so weird hearing that theme and not saying "You suck." Yeah, I I wanted to say it. Yeah, yeah, we kind of we kind of motioned it here in the studio just because once you hear that, that's kind of what you have to do. Correct. But we are going to dedicate this show to some of the best and worst gimmicks that. We're represented for the uh, good old U.S. of A. America. America. So I mean, when when we when we talk about 
USA gimmicks and we talk about the best and the worst, I mean, when you instantly think of some of the best, right? For me, you know, the people that always had the best USA gimmicks, in my opinion, I mean, Kurt Angle is up there. I mean, if you really think about it, the guy was a fucking Olympic gold medalist. He's an he Olympic gold medalist. He, he, I mean, he, he represented the USA. Yeah. You know he what I mean? He won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. Ah, you beat he me did. to it, my friend. <laughs> Sorry, Kurt Angle's one of my favorites all time. So, Yeah, and, and I mean, he... And like, the cool thing about Kurt Angle was like he really didn't make himself that much about America besides just him having the gold medal. Like, you know, I mean, he came out with the, like, you know, like the, the singlet, but like a lot of yeah. guys to get over in the whole American gimmick, they carried the flag down like hacksaw, Jim Duggan. Yep. Like Jack. Yeah, like they kind of forced it. Like they forced the gimmick instead of actually just being, that's what you are. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Yeah. that's why I appreciate a Kurt Angle a lot more. Absolutely, and I'm, and I think as a wrestling fan, I mean, as and he like, owned it because you know being a gold medalist and all that, an Olympic wrestler and everything that he was yep. billed as. When you start talking about that stuff, you come off as a heel. You can't really be a face yeah, doing that because exactly. you're talking about your accomplishments. I did this, you know. Look at what I won. You know, when you when you push that in somebody's face, their natural reaction is to be like, "Ew, get away from me." Yeah, I mean, plus, I mean, we all watch wrestling for no reasons, but I mean, if we watch wrestling to watch the sport of it, I mean, Kurt Angle is a phenomenal wrestler. Yeah, and he learned he learned so quickly. I mean, you hear stories from did, fr- from Jim Ross. Like yeah. he uh he was in there rather quickly and his first match was against uh Sean Stasiak wow. at a pap- at a I forgot which pay per view it was. I wanna say it was like a judgment day, like one of those back in the day, maybe even early Royal Rumble, but his first match was against Sean Stasiak and then from then on, I think they knew that they had something big in Kurt Angle. And I mean he went on to well, have they some gave of him a lot of money because I, I, I forget how it was how it went, but you know, he was they seen him at the Olympics and whatever, and then he was offered a contract and didn't quite take it. ECW wanted him in. Yeah. Right, Jeff? Yeah, he started off like he rolled up to an ECW event in 97, mm-hmm. and that was the whole infamous Easter weekend, and Sandman got crucified by a raven, and Kurt Angle, being a very religious man, basically at that point told yeah. Paul Heyman, this is the most embarrassing moment of my life. I am never going to work for your company. You could screw off. And basically, like, that happened in 97. And he didn't really train, per se, at the time. So you got to look, like, 97 to 99, in that two-year window, Kurt Angle trained to be a sports entertainer as opposed to an Olympic wrestler and absolutely killed him. He did. Yeah. And I mean, if you look back on some of his greatest matches, I mean, to, still to this day, I think one of his greatest, his two of his greatest matches, I know one of them will be like, well, you know, it was okay, but the match with him and Shane McMahon at the King of the Ring. Yeah, with the glass. I mean, granted, it was Shane McMahon. <laughs> it was fucking ridiculous. Everybody always it's talks about that. It's a legendary match that everyone will remember. Yeah, because of the botch. First of all, he broke his tailbone in that match, too. You know that, right? Yeah. When he took the suplex on the, on the floor. And then the botched belly to belly suplex twice through the glass. in a matter of five minutes <laughs> was hilarious. And uh, How do you pick the landed on his head glass. both freaking times. He did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you really think about—I mean, for me, the match with him and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania uh, 20, uh, 21 was uh, was very, very good. Also, 
Yeah. I, I also, mean, the uh, the Iron Man match that he had with Brock Lesnar on SmackDown. Yeah, that was a great match too. Yeah, I, I mean, any, any amateur wrestler. Oh yeah, anytime you got amateur wrestlers, yeah. uh, Kurt Angle never had a bad match. Like, Rarely. You're saying like you know, you say the word botch like when they were doing like that suplex and everything like that. That was like you know the glass was what it was. You know, yeah. Kurt Angle didn't botch anything. Like anytime he was in the ring, he was perfect. He like, was. He, you never seen him like completely miss a spot. You didn't see any kind of BS like that. Kurt Angle was freaking legit. And he was awesome. always a professional too. I mean, in that always a professional. And that goes further than his him. career too. It, it's more of like what he's been doing lately of teaching and you know, kind of yeah. giving back to the business. You know, in his uh, what was it? His TNA days. You know, those yeah, those are great times for him. You know, I mean, there's a lot of he. I mean, when he was in you know, TNA, remember gray like, water there though because he was going through. Oh some yeah, stuff. Pers- I mean, but, think about when he was in TNA. It was him, Styles, Sting, Samoa Joe, Bobby Roode, uh, James, <laughs> James Storm, um, a bunch of guys. Bubba, Bubba, yep. Devon. I mean, just a uh, J. Uh, who else was in there? I mean, just, just yeah, just mm-hmm. just a bunch of guys in there just. The fact that those guys had great success after TNA, it just means how you know, good of a wrestler they were. But, I mean, just to be in that caliber of talent at that time, especially in their careers when they were younger, was awesome. But, uh, I mean, Kurt Angle definitely speaks for himself as being one of the greatest gimmick to one of the greatest gimmicks to be represented by the United States. I mean, when we go down the list of guys who represent the USA, I mean, one guy that I can cross off the list of doing a bad job at a bad time was Lex Luger. Ugh. Because, you know, he, he gets billed as a narcissist and then he comes in in a fucking helicopter on the 4th of July, slams Yoko on the USS Intrepid, gets the Lex Express, Across the counts out, gets a count out win against Yokozuna at SummerSlam, but yet gets carried on the shoulders of other wrestlers when SummerSlam gets cut, gets cut off the air with balloons. I don't get it. And his run with WWF was so short. Too. It was so weird. Was he also on two shows at once as well? He was. Yeah. He he was on the taped Raw, and ah, he appeared yes. on the first Nitro yep. live at the Mall of America. Correct. And they were like, "What?" Yeah. Yeah. Him and Rick Rude did that. Yes. But I mean, if you look at Lex Luger's WWF tenure, he started off representing the World Bodybuilding Federation in early vignettes, the WBF. Which is what Vince McMahon owned. Yeah. I and, go pro. Yeah. 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 I go pro. And then his first match was against Mr. Perfect at WrestleMania 9 as the narcissist. And like he comes down and he has, I mean, beautiful looking girls. Like, you know, you know, like the like the flamingo dancers in Las Vegas. They're yeah. wearing gold and the, they had the mirrors. And yeah, it was like they a had Vegas like, sideshow. Yeah. Yep. Vegas sideshow had the fucking the sparklers on top of the mirrors. He's flexing. He goes over on Kurt Angle, and then, like, you think that he Kurt would Angle? have... I mean, uh, <laughs> Mr. Perfect. Uh, I mean, oh, well, yeah. He goes over on Mr. Perfect, and, like, you think that he would have something there. But then, Bret Hart isn't doing shit, right? So, remember, this revolves around Bret Hart, too. Yeah. So, they want somebody to be the next face of WWF. So, and they he's turn... A bo- and he's a body guy in an era he's a body where guy. they were turning away from it because they were going smaller with, with Bret as champion. Yeah. But meanwhile, you had guys like Shawn Michaels coming up, Diesel coming up, yeah. Razor Ramon was there. So McMahon decides to pull a fucking swerve and take the narcissist and bring him to be Mr. 
to bring, bring him to be Mr. America. I don't understand the transition. I understand and why he, they did it. Yeah, to but sell he was seats. doing like one thing that was kind of getting over and doing well, and then you just kind of switch it mid. Yeah, you know, he had a not really good match, title, like right Hogan in the middle. Was out because of the lawsuit. Yep. Yeah, the Ico Pro stuff. So that yeah, they had a lot of stuff going. There was so much. Like you, we can do a whole show on the early '90s to right before Ooh. the Attitude Era because there was a lot of stuff not even happening in the ring. Going That's on. my time. I like that time. Book that. Book it. Yeah, book it. Uh, well, you can book your own territory. Thomas. You can, this is uh, your yeah. show. Yeah, this is our show. Yeah. Your show, the people we can, show. <laughs> we can book our shows. No, but I mean, then, and then like you think of what happened to him after that. Now he's still in the title picture. He's part of that funky three-way like combination of guys at WrestleMania 10. Because remember, it was him again. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I mean, he he won the Royal Rumble. Allegedly, with Bret Hart, <laughs> and then it was well, him. That was the two of them touching. Yeah, it was him against Yoko first with Roddy Piper as referee. No, that's Mister Perfect Mr. as Perfect. referee. Yep, and then um, it ended up being Bret against Yoko at the end. So it was just a whole botched WWF career. And then next year at WrestleMania, he's the Allied Powers with the British Bulldog, which was a fucking two month shitty tag team that they just put together, guys. Well, it sounds like you today. Know, it sounds like today. And after that, his WWF career was pretty much done. Yeah, it was very brief. I told you, it was two in the two, WWF two and was, a half years. Yeah, a lot happened in that the time. Most but lackluster WWE career of somebody that people always mention. Yes. Yeah. But Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. Yes, absolutely. 100%. And, th- and think about him. He was, he was a former. He's more uh, of a WCW. Guy. He was a WCW, but he was the United States champion for a very long time. He was the, a horseman. He was a horseman. Yes. Late 80s, early 90s, he carried that U.S. belt a long time, man, for yeah. a long time. And he was a big name. Remember, they lost Flair in 93. He comes yeah. in. 92. 92, they lost Flair. He comes in right after Flair is gone. Literally right after Flair is gone. Sub and one for the other, yeah. Yeah. And then he, he just wasn't built the way that he should have been built. But at the same time, he should have been brought into the WWF, I don't think. And I wonder what had to do with that money run being so small. Mm. Money aside, I mean, we all know money is always at the root of everything in some way. But I think maybe what McMahon had to do was put the USA gimmick on him to get him over. Mm. And that it didn't it. work out. That was it. Because you know what? He was more over as a narcissist than he was as Lex Luger. Yeah. Or at least, like, you know, in the people that actually like wrestling, you know, not just the little kid's mind. So right. it's funny. So let's so let's think and about why, this And why time. do the America gimmick? I mean, we're, what, at the end of the war? Because the end of the war was the early 90s, well, right? So yeah. this is a little yeah, after yeah, that. that. The, so, you know, because we love xenophobia and, and, you know, USA coming to save the day all the time. Again, we can do a whole episode on that. Yeah, too. But like the the I remember the SummerSlam, the build of it was like, I mean, this the backdrop was, you know, like a lot of American flags and the fucking red, white, yeah. blue balloons all everywhere. I just remember. Was but like, just Lex think it, Luger's just the ship. Yeah, the that was when, uh, wasn't that when Undertaker had the American flag under his uh, cloak? That was Survivor Series. Oh, it was inside yeah. of his jacket. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He teamed up with him. Let me see if I can remember this. It was him, Lex Luger. I don't know the two other guys, but I know on the other team was it was Axel. No, I know the other team was Yoko Ludwig Borga. Because cause it was all foreign guys, and and I yeah. just remember the Undertaker wearing the cloak of the American flag. But think of being a fan in wrestling at that time, right? Think of 
Think of the fact that you have Bret Hart and you have Lex Luger in one and two as your top baby faces. But I don't think they were getting cheered the most. You want to know what guy was getting cheered the most, I think, in my opinion? And a guy who never became WWE champion? Razor Ramon. Another yeah. uh, another brief run, I think, with him as well. I mean, from what I remember, I was yeah. had to be in this span of WWE or F, excuse mm-hmm. me, at that time. I was born in 88, so I was like, yeah. I didn't know shit about shit. I was like four or five, six. So. Rest, and uh, at Royal Rumble, nineteen ninety three, he wrestled against Bret Hart for the world, for the title. I mean, he had legitimate World Heavyweight Championship bouts. He headlined the Survivor Series. It was him and Ric Flair against Mister Perfect and, and uh, Macho Man. It was supposed to be Mister Perfect. No, it was supposed to be Macho Man Ultimate War. Baltimore left. Mm. So I mean, like he was a guy that was in that era. And I remember him and Shawn Michaels WrestleMania ten. Yep, two ladder matches, ladder matches that yep. and SummerSlam. That, yeah, that, that, uh, that Survivor Series match was uh, Luger, the Steiner brothers, and Undertaker yeah. against the Foreign Fanatics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Yoko, Borga, and the Quebecers. Yes. Oh, yes. no, uh, Quebecers, Jacques, and Crush. That's what it was. Oh, okay. So Crush, Jacques, Borga, and Yoko. How many gimmicks did Crush have, if you really think about it? Three or four? <laughs> They had a, a lot, lot of gimmicks. Bro. Yeah, I like them as Kona Crush. Kona Crush. I, I just, I just from Hawaii, right? Yeah, I just remember Jailhouse. Him. Jailhouse Crush was the best. I just remember him losing a doink at WrestleMania Nine when there was two doinks, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> what <laughs> a train wreck! Yeah, what was, are they gonna that, do that with that was, the doink? That's when you know the show was going off the rails with that. They jumped poor, the shark. Poor Matt Bourne. Yeah. Poor Matt Bourne. Um, he's such a good worker. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, I don't know much about him except when he was doing the clown. So yeah, but he was great. Watch him and Mister Perfect at uh, in the um, King of the Ring tournament. Mm-hmm. Great, great match. Now, when we really think of other USA gimmicks, I mean, one that stands out. I mean, if you look at Hacksaw Jim Duggan, he was more of a oh. obviously he was more of a gimmick than a, a wrestler. I mean, yeah, granted, he's he, a former fo- former football yeah, player. Granted, he yeah. he did win the first Royal Rumble. Don't, yeah. yeah, a lot of people don't realize that, but um, I mean, I think he carried the flag well. I think he, I think he did a good job representing the country. He was always, he always talked America first, and um, he was, he was, I think, in my opinion, just there to get the positive reaction from the kids. Yeah, to sell the foam hacksaws. Yeah, to to scream ho, and like you think about him screaming ho now, and it was like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, he but, need he need to sell them Hasbro's, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that's he, all he was was a glorified action figure. His action figure was bigger than he was, I think, in his run. I mean, if, yeah. you, if you think about it, <laughs> like I mean, let's let's yeah. call a spade a spade here. You know, did Hacksaw do uh, anything like super like oh my god? Other than being the first Royal Rumble winner, no, not at all. Insert you know a match here or there, but other than that, he never had really any think. title. No, no, he didn't. His guy. He, he just wasn't meant for he it. He won the U.S. title, though, in WCW after WWF. Everybody wins a U.S. title <laughs> in WCW and the TV team. Yes. Exactly. One of my guys, one of my uh, go-to guys as a TV champion. He beat Booker T. Rick Martel did. <laughs> but, um, Tom, Tom's go-to guy. Yeah. Brought to you by. Brought to you by. Blue Chew. <laughs> brought to you by the model, the arrogant spray. No, but, <laughs> I mean, um, now, Hacksaw was what he was. He served his purpose, but he was never anybody's, like, favorite wrestler. No, no. You know, and then he like, was your favorite toy. Yeah, you know, but, I mean, but yeah, like absolutely. And a collector, I did like when he put the American dream. flag face paint on. Like when he put the American flag face paint on, it was pretty cool. It always reminded me of like Nuke from the uh, Marvel comics. Um, 
you know, that was pretty cool, like, you know, look, but at the end of the day, what did, what did he have? He had that freaking shoulder block, uh, yep. you know. That three, was three point stance. Three point stance. Yep. Yeah, huh. three point stance. But, like, again, he was very, he was a very Toyota guy. I remember he, well, he's one of the only guys, well, he's one of the handful that how, have more much, than one Hasbro's. How much does uh, just that two by four go for if you had to look for it? You know? <laughs> Bro, you know what? The two by four is not that expensive. The American flag that it came with, that figure's like $100. Wow, like, the flag see? is about 100 bucks. Jeez. And, and look at him. I mean, he had. He had two Hasbro's. Him. Uh, he also has an LJN that is very expensive. Really? Yes. Hmm. I mean, the fact that you have more than one Hasbro, I mean, you got to be a big deal. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. But how come I we're not collecting him? But Hasbro? I never will go back and watch one of his matches. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I'll watch. The, I'll watch the Royal Rumble again when. But he that's wins. it. That's but, it. But that's, that's it, for though. everybody else. It's for the pageantry of what yeah. the, that Rumble is. Yeah. So yeah, he's just a sidebar that oh yeah he won he's the first so okay. Yeah. So for deal. us to say was he the best or was he the worst to rep for USA gimmick? I'm no. not, I'm a, I'm just gonna say he's in the middle. You know what I mean? He's yeah. in the middle. He's a guy. He's, he's a guy. You know what I mean? And then like I mean if you really want to go old school, we can say names like Corporal Kushner. We can talk about names like Sergeant Slaughter. You know guys that carried the flag. That Iraqi sympathizer. Kushner. What's up? I don't think anybody would mention Corporal Kirshner. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He had, he had, he had, You're the bona fide jobber. He had one match but... at WrestleMania 2. It was a flag match against, uh, right. Nick, yeah, against, I want to say it was Nikolai Volkov, and he won. Yeah. Oh, that and right. and he does have a LJN, too, right? He has multiple variations of an LJN, wow. too. Wow. His bearded one is really, 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 really hard to find. Do you have one? No, unfortunately. I have him with stubble. And without stubble, but I don't have never full beard. I don't have the full beard. One. So you mean to tell me one guy that had one match at WrestleMania two who was glorified jobber in your opinion <laughs> has three types of LJN figures: one with yep. no facial hair, one with stubble, and one with a beard. Yep. Baby, wow. literal baby face, five o'clock shadow, and full <laughs> and grown man. Full grown yeah. man. Yeah, that's yep. fucking crazy. That's great. Exactly. No, I mean, okay, so let's look at Sergeant Slaughter. Gotta talk about Sarge, because Sarge is huge in this. He was G.I. Joe, first of all. Bro, yeah. Sarge was so over that they put him in a fucking cartoon. Yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean they also put Hacksaw in a cartoon as well. I mean, you know, there's a bunch of guys who are around for that rock and wrestling go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not around, even, you know, so. you know, that was literally a WWF product. Correct. Like, G.I. Joe Fullbone was like, bro, we, oh, yeah. you we so need you. Much. Yep. We have to use you in our show. That's crazy. I actually have a sketch done by Larry Hama, who wrote the Marvel um, comic books of G.I. Joe. He did a sketch of Sergeant Slaughter for me. Wow. I got to show you that. Like, I got to put that on our page. It's badass. That's awesome. Yeah. Send me that. Send me that pic so we can throw it up on that when we. Uh, yeah, I definitely will. I'll find that and send it to you later. Yeah, but, but that one's solid. So, so think about think about Sergeant Slaughter for a second. He... WWE champ. Yeah, WWE yeah. champion. Now remember, he represented America then at he... a time where we were in war, which is, of course, you can you can sell merch with stuff in wartime. And then he becomes a turncoat. Yes, the Iraqi yeah. sympathizer. That is just huge, crazy, huge. That he, was probably nuclear, his biggest angle. Nuclear heat. Yes. He, he wanted to burn the American. They wanted him to burn the American flag on an episode of Superstars, but they yeah. changed it to a Hulk rules T-shirt at the last minute. 
Well, Imagine... I mean, it's trying to make sense, especially given the oh, time. Oh, yeah. The fact that they had they changed it at the last... The keyword here is the last, last minute. minute. Yeah. That is that is out of control. First of all, the fact that Vince McMahon wanted to do that, and Vince McMahon, like, he tributed to the troops. Oh, yeah. He's very patriotic. He I, so there must have been somebody who came back and uh, went back in time from the future and was like, yo, Vince, don't do this. Because yeah. your biggest <laughs> moneymaker is the troops when yeah. you do that show every year. So yeah. he, somebody got to him really quick and was like, yeah, probably not. So so he <laughs> wins the belt in a very, I mean, he wins it in a very cheap Monty, way. Yeah. It was due to Macho King taking out Ultimate Warrior. Thank God he did that. <laughs> and, um, you know, the image of him, the image of him holding the purple belt strap is just tattooed in my brain. And it's so awkward. It's with so with ugly. Fatigues on and he's with got fatigues, like his, uh, and he has like thing yeah, going on. It's like the bald head and like I just remember Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby and and those Gorilla Monsoon and Roddy Piper doing that Royal Rumble screaming, no, 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 when his, when the bell got off and uh, he was announced the winner, and I'm just like. I just I can't stop thinking about how ugly that belt was. Like I'm like I don't care if Sergeant Slaughter won just because it's part of WWF history and Hogan came back at WrestleMania seven like he was supposed to do originally and take it. But the fact that the fucking belt was purple <laughs> and I'm I'm a very stickler for belts. Black strap yeah. is my favorite. That's it. No, no purple, no teal. Are they fucking selling the purple belt? No, no, I just Googled it. Yeah, it, he made it purple. Like, come on. Sergeant Slaughter made it purple? No, or Ultimate, Ultimate Warrior. Warrior did. Well, he made all the belts. Yeah, but if, if it is gimmick, so it was what it was. Yeah. I mean, for then, for, think about it now. You have the spinner belts and all those in the, oh, yeah. broke, Bro, the skull, smoking skull belt. I'll take a white strap belt. IC belt over any belt. The what? I'll take a white strap belt, uh, IC belt over See, any I like the white belt. I like the white. It pops. I like the black. I like the black strap. Remember when it was yellow? Warrior made it yellow. That's what I'm saying. At WrestleMania Warrior, 6. Warrior changed more belts than I think anybody did recently. Yeah. Horrible. I mean, John Cena was up there, too. Cocaine's but... a hell of a drug. Yeah, it is. Right. Yeah. It is one hell of a drug. No, but I mean, yeah. and, then, and then Hogan. But Sarge, and then, when he was yeah. champion, dude, had death threats upon death threats. Oh, yeah. God, like, yeah. Every arena he went to, like, he had death threats from turning on America. And then remember. And then. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he loses the belt, and then afterwards, he does the angle where he's like, I want my country back. And then everybody went back onto the Sergeant Slaughter craze. Good for him, because who who would have said that would have worked? If he was getting death threats, yeah. you know, I mean, once you go you, you go that way, it's hard to go back you're, the other way. You're you pretty know? much done at that point. Well, yeah, yeah, when you watch early Sergeant Slaughter videos, like skinny, he's in there, like he's in the yeah. ring. He leads the national. The uh, um, he salutes the flag, and the whole crowd stands up and does it with him. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. Sergeant Slaughter was over no matter what way you look like at it. Either over mm-hmm. as a face or over as a heel, he was always one of the top guys. Absolutely, I love Sergeant Slaughter's career. I'm a big, I'm a big Sergeant Slaughter mark. I like him a lot. Slaughter, and I met him multiple times. He's a great dude. And then you can't forget about his time as the commissioner was, when it was early DX. Yeah, that was awesome, yes, too. Yes. The best is when... They, fat, fat and balding uh, Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> the best is when <laughs> DX came out with the with the glasses on that had the windshield wipers on because he used to spit. Spit all the time. Yeah. And he, <laughs> come on. With that big-ass chin, man. He, he look, him and Bill Cower have the biggest chins. He, he looks like really. Bill Cower's... Uh, older brother. Yeah, he looks like Bill Cower's fat <laughs> brother. Yeah. yeah. No, but like... <laughs> 
And and then he still got in the ring a couple times. I remember when yeah. like Rick Flair yeah, match with Triple H, your boot camp match. Yeah. Boot camp. Do you remember when Rick Flair and Roddy Piper were tag team champions? Because I do. They they took the belts off the Spirit Squad at a cyber, oh god that did at, at a Cyber Sunday. I think they took them off at and yeah. like at what the, is this oh seven oh eight yeah and then like and then like the next match they had like Sergeant they were you know on the ringside was like Sergeant Slaughter and Dusty Rhodes you know what I mean and then like they all took on the Spirit Squad after that. I mean, now, like, speaking, of, you want to talk about American gimmicks? You just mentioned it. The American Dream, Death of Rhodes, Daddy. Yeah, that's thumb a good one. Son of a plumber. <laughs> thumb of a plumber. I mean, I don't. I, 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 when you really think of Dusty Rhodes, first of all, to not have him in the Mount Rushmore of promos, of fat guys. You, uh, yeah, fat guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to be smoking something if you don't think that. I mean, he between him and Flair Dusty and the Rock, the Dusty cuts awesome promos. Man, I don't okay. care what anybody says. Piper. Nobody, yeah, Piper. Nobody touches Dusty. And I don't think Dusty was like trying either. No, he really. And I mean wasn't. that in a in a good way. He because just spoke what was on his mind. Exactly, like just, it was real. Yeah. Anything that Dusty Rhodes said never. It was his life. It was his life. Yeah, and you believe his everything. His hard time speech. His hard time promo is one of the best all time. It's used as a tool in yeah. many wrestling schools, and he's it's basically like hard time, cream of the crop. Austin three sixteen. Those are like my three favorite promos. I mean, the cream of the crop. And uh, Dudley Boy's a Heat Wave ninety nine when they caused a riot. Uh, (laughs) Those are like the best promos. You make fun of me because I insert Ted DiBiase and then you go over on yourself putting the fucking Dudley Boys in ECW. I I can just see him right now. I can just see him sitting on the edge of Christian's bed with a little smirk on his face, like giggling, stroking it as he talks about ECW. No, I got my cat. My I got Christian's cat in my lap. Well, he is a pussy, so yeah. No, Christian is a pussy. The handsome man with the burn. No, but I mean, Sergeant. I mean, Slaughter represented America, and then like there was a time where we would have guys that were from different countries who would bash on America. So let's take Rusev for example. Uh, you so it's a tale as old as time. So Tom. every big guy, right? So Rusev went against Jack Swagger, who was actually the all American American. There you go. I, I'm not, another American. I'm not, I'm not gonna include Jack Swagger in this in this rant, but this rant. you know, Big Show, Mark Henry, who became Mr. America all of a sudden uh, overnight. And I remember he was Mr. America when he first debuted. Yes, he was. <laughs> he was Mr. And we America. Put him in the promo picture. They put him in yeah. the promo picture. Yeah. But it's funny because he went from Mr. America to a complete opposite gimmick in being in the nation. Yeah. And then yeah. another opposite gimmick in being in sexual, sexual chocolate. chocolate. Then he becomes <laughs> the Hall of Pain. Then he comes back to his original gimmick minus the red, white, and blue. He just had a little flag on his on his uh, singlet. His, uh, yeah. So, I mean, like, it comes in full circle. Mark Henry has so many switches, but I like all of them. Mark Henry is awesome, first of all. He has, Um, instead of switches, let's call them evolutions. Yeah, I love Mark Henry. that's a better term, yeah. I love Mark Henry. Me too. I can't wait to see him in September. He had a really cool career, man. He did. That dude had a really cool career. We got to try to get him on. I know he's doing Busted Open, but we got to try to talk to him September 18th. September 18th. You should have your ECW Arena, September 18th. You can be on Sunset Flip Radio also if you come down and say hi to us. But, what um, arena was that? ECW arena. Ooh. Yeah, with, with with no air conditioning or no heat. Hopefully they got a strong isolating fan in there. Twenty twenty one. I can't wait to sweat my balls off. <laughs> maybe, maybe they took the fan from uh, the performance center. Yeah, they put it, it in, in there. 
No, but I mean, I really love Mark Henry, but like <laughs> he too. got put in the situation along with guys like Big Show and Big E, who would come down to the ring holding an American flag to go against a guy like Rusev. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and and think about John well, Cena too. Xenophobia. It's a, it's something that they've been doing yeah. in wrestling since God. 30s, 40s, 50s, yeah. especially when we the were in the beginning of war. wrestling has been like this. There's always been, always been this way. a patriotic hero of some kind or yep. somebody who stands up for America mm-hmm. versus the villainous foreigner. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we had the, oh God, I want to call them the Axis of Powers. What were the League of Nations? The League of Nations. It was Rusev, Del Rio, Wade Barrett, and Seamus. Seamus, correct. Yeah. That was, a, first of all, that, that they could have done big things. But they, they didn't could know, have done big shit with but that. They didn't know really all of them could have been champions. You had four, time, but, four yeah. former champions, either mid-card or world, and they did absolutely nothing with them. Nothing. Yeah. They went over on the New Day, which is pretty cool, at, at WrestleMania. At yep, that when, was in Dallas. They, yeah, when they came out in the cereal box. But um, that was like their only big thing they really had. Yeah, the Budios. They were yeah. dressed up as Dragon Ball Z characters. Yeah. yeah. But like... Wade Barrett's the most... is easily one of my most... Uh, underrated wrestlers. Oh, yeah. I yeah, with that bullhammer. Wade Barrett was very good. Wade Barrett was amazing. It was just Vince has no clue what to do with the British he guy. Came, he came in awesome off NXT. Yeah. He came in awesome as a leader of he, Nexus. He, he was the shining star of Nexus, he was. personally. Yeah. He had a great he was the feud. King of the Ring. Yep, yeah, King he, of the Ring. He had a King great Barrett. feud with John Cena. And like to have Phenomenal a few... intercontinental champion. Yeah. To he have just a... got hurt too, too often, unfortunately. And he's doing great work now as a commentator. Yeah. But I like... love him. Speaking of which, NXT is on, and he's a commentator. Yeah. That's tonight. But, yeah. but, to put him in a, but to put him in a promo with John Cena, who is the bell cow for years and yeah, years, of course. That, st- that means something. Yeah. Especially coming... He always on his own. He was great with promos. He was. Yeah. He, I mean, he's another... Under- I mean, throw him in the underrated category. Absolutely. But, yeah. like, you know... <laughs> I, I you're get, talking about like uh, you're talking about like gimmicks where they always have that typical American gimmick against like a foreigner gimmick. Now here's one that didn't work. It was the Patriot Del Wilkes. Yes, I like now, the Patriot they, a lot. See, here was the thing: Del Wilkes was very big as the Patriot in Japan. He was super over. He had a phenomenal career in Japan. Yeah, because you're By in Japan. By the time that Vince got him to come to America, he was kind of like, unfortunately, out. the dreaded B word in wrestling. He was burnt out. And, you know, he but he's put in a feud with Bret Hart. And you would think that this would have been a huge thing. Because this is when Bret Hart was doing the, the Canadian anti-America, oh, yeah. the first Canadian group, you know, like with the Hart Foundation. Mm-hmm. But it just kind of floundered. You know, he did they have had some all good those, matches, like, flag matches and everything, but it mm-hmm. just didn't work out. Yeah, he, that you know, speaking of flag matches, go back a little bit. I was I always think about the Rusev and John Cena flag match. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, and I mean, Del Wilkes did have some great matches with Bret Hart out of the couple in your house events. I know, and then yeah, I remember it was him and Vader against Bulldog and Bret and in a tag team flag match at it in your house. Flag match mm-hmm. is always a staple. Yeah, so I mean, and also to anybody out there. The music in the beginning was actually the Patriots music. Yes, it was. Which was taken to give to Kurt Angle. Yep. So, I mean, for me to say Del Wilkes was a bad representation of USA. Was Abs- it also Mark Henry's? I don't no, think so. No, he had a more like he had more campy, like a sort of campy. Like, like sh- stars and... Din, 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 like somebody, <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Somebody's playing a fucking bugle. Yeah. They yeah. used it multiple times, but I don't remember who else. So, so here's a bad one because I just want to get it off my chest. Mr. America. Oh, pound me up. Pound. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. We're going to funky town okay. on that one. So yeah. Mr. America, if anyone doesn't know, was a desperate piece of shit. <laughs> huh. He could suck Here, my Tom, You can go off on this rant. I'm going to go get the new Patriot. Oh, yes. Good segue. Okay. So you go and talk about this. I'll be back in a minute. Okay. So yeah. I'll be back with friends. <laughs> I'll be back with friends. So talk amongst yourselves, Mr. America, right? Why would they put Hulk Hogan in this situation? I mean, you're smiling because you fucking can't stand the guy. But I'm I knew smiling it was because up I'm wait I'm waiting to hear this from you. Why would they do it? Why would they do it? It's Hulk Hogan. He did e <laughs> the only difference between Hulk Hogan and Mr. America was literally the the mask and the clothes. Yeah. And then Same they put said all of this. Everybody knew it. So that's I don't the point think... that I hated. Yes. Because they played the stupid game. Yeah. Oh, who's under the mask? The fucking goatee was showing. You yeah. can just tell it's Hulk Hogan. And he's doing the call and he's doing it, the moves. Yeah, he's like, doing the moves. Come on. I mean, it didn't last that long. No, no. But they, were... they always bring it back. You yeah. can see they, they brought it back a couple of years ago. Whatever. They brought it back in like in, in toys. They brought it back in, in throwback episodes. They'll bring it back in anyway. Hey, yeah. SmackDown is a... SmackDown it, on Friday. Old, old, old SmackDown. 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 Never know. We better get the fist. Oh, yeah. Oh, Either that. Twitter was hot with that. And speaking of which, guys, we're on Twitter now oh, at yeah. Sunset Flip Radio. I uh, got to tease the bag a little bit there. Yeah, Follow Alex. us on Twitter, Wrestling Twitter, guys. If you aren't on Twitter, just make a handle to make a handle and follow anything wrestling on Twitter. That's how you find all the greatest breaking news stuff. Everything live when you're watching Raw, SmackDown, AEW, any pay per views or whatever. Yeah, Twitter. Uh, Twitter's the way to go. And it was so funny because, like, on I want to say it was last Saturday when you made the Twitter. Yeah. It was like the Invictus Wrestling messaged us, and then you made a Twitter. I did because I felt like we needed it. No, I'm just because... saying everything fell together. Yeah. It was so many things. I did it because of that. Breaking news and breaking news and yeah. breaking news. Hey, guys. Like, hey, what's up? Hey, I got uh, Tom Brandy on the line with us. Hey, Tom. How you doing? Hey, Welcome Tom, to Sons of Flip Radio. What's up, brother? How you doing? Good. Well, my name is Tom, so, I mean, we have something in common right there. <laughs> there you go. You can't go wrong. No, you can't. Oh, and well, listen. We really appreciate you coming on the show. I mean, um, you know, having a, a wrestler who wrestled in the WWF is something that you know we would never thought that we would have on this show. We really thank you for for coming on today. No problem at all. No yeah. problem at all. I do about I do about one one of these a year. All right. So when Jeff came to me, <laughs> yeah, all right. When Jeff, when you... Jeff came to me, I figured here's the one. Perfect. <laughs> This well, I appreciate awesome. that, brother. You know this. This is so, awesome. You got that, brother. No problem. So, all right. Sorry, Tom. So, uh, tell the listeners out there in the radio waves how you got your start in professional wrestling. Well, we're going back a couple hundred years with this. So <laughs> bear, how bear much time with, we got? Bear yeah. with me. So, like, I was one of the kids that actually grew up wanting to be a wrestler. Okay. Like, a lot of wrestlers, a lot of wrestlers, um, you know, were approached about, you know, uh, you could make big money and all this other stuff. So, I mean, I was actually, you know, a five-year-old kid that said, I want to be a professional wrestler and stuck with it. So, like, growing up, you know, you play other sports and you go through different stages of your life. And I always had that focus. I never lost focus. I never, like, swayed from it. I never um, got distracted or got, you know, 
like uh, lovesick or anything where it changed my like focus. So uh, I want to say it pretty much came into play. Obviously, like you can't, you don't plan these things out. But um, around eighty four, so I graduated high school eighty five. I'm sorry, eighty four, and um, uh, I, I knew of a guy in the area that did some sort of wrestling, some level. Like I. There wasn't really any schools back then besides the Monster Factory, and that was kind of too far to go. Yeah. So uh, there was a local independent guy. His name was King Kalua. Uh-huh. Uh, Great name. You know, I, knew, I knew he was relatively close. It was just a matter of, like, again, I'm 18 years old, so you're, like, figuring you're way too young to get started anyway. <laughs> so he was local, um, and a friend of mine said he told me at a local gym that he heard that he worked out at. So... You know, graduating high school, we pretty much, me and one of my best friends were like, you know, you're at that age, you're 18, you want to join a gym, you want to work out, you want to lift weights, you're at that age. So we joined the gym in the back of my mind, hoping that uh, he was there. And that was that's what set me off. So I got to meet him, you know, got to see him every day. I was a pain in his ass. I mean, he was eight years, <laughs> eight years older than me. So again, you know, he's, he's pretty much... You know, you're, 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 you're in your, you probably like say 25, 26. And like, I was like his shadow. Like I followed him around. I did everything he did and just hoping that that would lead to getting me in the business, which it did. So now it's been pretty much my, my first match is September 85. Wow, and wow, now we're fast. pretty much in, you know, I can't even count that I am a years. It's been 36 years. <laughs> September, will be 30, yeah, 30, September will be a 36 year anniversary. That's, that's awesome. awesome, man. That's awesome. So, I mean, that's the long and short of how I got into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we were in the backyard uh, taking bumps on mattresses and dirt and grass and everything cool. else. And there was no, yeah, like that there was no schools. There were no rings. Like today, there's a ring on every corner. There could be if you're looking for it. Yeah, pretty oh, much. Yeah. And there's a school, and there's accessibility and availability and everything else, which I never had. So yeah. then you were just like, you know, you're taking hip tosses in the dirt. You're bumping on mattresses. You're doing sunset flips. <laughs> hey, no pun, whatever no, you need to do. No pun yeah. intended. And we just tried to get to shows, maybe some shows ahead of time. And maybe get in the ring, and it was like a it was like a treat to go in there and like learn how to hit the ropes. That's awesome. I mean, I know, like, I had kind of like a similar um, approach. Like when I first started out, like I knew a couple indie guys. We were doing some screwing around in the backyard and all that kind of stuff. And then I had the luxury, I guess, of being in New Jersey, where there's like eight thousand independent wrestling companies. So as long as you set up the ring, you get a little bit of ring time. And then after that, oh, you know, yeah. I went you know to Monster Factory, but that's not, you know, they didn't have that back, you know. You know, it is. It's, a, it's a little give and take because, see, I was coming around, like, I was the new blood when there wasn't a lot of new blood back then. Yeah. So he was able to get me. As soon as I was, like, partially trained, he was getting me on shows right away. Like, we would wrestle each other, wow. and, like, it became legendary after a while just because, like, you know, we had that match down, and, like, we had so much stuff in a match that we planned out and we would just improve it after match after match after match. And then the promoters were picking up on it and they were booking us everywhere as a match. And, uh, you know, that's the only way you get better is by repetition. I mean, the in ring stuff, I, I didn't start to get better until I went to Memphis in like, uh, 88 around 87, 88. I forget what exactly when it was like April, April 88 or something. But yeah, then I'm wrestling six days a week. Then, you're really getting better. Yeah. 
that's that's all you could you know what I mean it's all repetition that's why like there's not a wrestling school out there that they preach I mean that's all you do is reps so you yeah. Do, oh yeah rep rep and I mean, those kids now like, these kids now are better after three months than I was in like three years wow yeah. Well, it's, like you said, it's the repetition, you know, and it's just feeding everybody the same thing over and over and over again. And we're all trying to work and we're all doing our thing. So, well, that's awesome to hear, you know, having like to start up on just taking like, you know, bumps in a backyard. You know? Yeah, like, I mean, again, there was no, there was no stopping us. That's what, you know, you love it. You know, you couldn't get, I mean, we yeah. made my dog's pen. Like that back then, the dog used to live outside. <laughs> You know, the animals didn't leave, live in the house back then. They lived, you know, you get a, a dog house, you yeah. make a fence, you make a pen for the dog. So we would have cage matches in the dog house. <laughs> so so you got to clean, clean all the shit out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Watch out for the landmines, right? Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. so, who, were, uh, who were some of the wrestlers that you, uh, you know, respected growing up, like, that wanted you to get into professional wrestling? Well, I mean, there was one main guy was Bruno San Martino. So, uh, yeah. up, you know, Italian, Italian, Italian right. <laughs> You know, we were, you know, growing up, I'm, I'm a full Italian, and him being the champ and just a just a absolute statue of a man, you know, like, oh, yeah. like a role model. Every everything that you wanted to be was him. So yeah. he was absolutely positively like there was no me without him. Yeah. And then, you know, later in life, you get to meet him and you get to be like a couple of times he would walk me to the ring on shows. We had set up like he was a manager. And like awesome. that was like going full circle. Like that was a dream come true. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. My yeah, um, my father, we, but, did, we did an episode early in our catalog and it was me and my dad talking about wrestling. And he went on 45 minutes about what Bruno San Martino, how much of a icon he was back in the day wrestling in the garden oh, yeah. and stuff like that and for the italian community and speaking italian in the ring and, and him and dom Danucci and all these guys yeah he had all those sellout streak the sellout streak and everything else yep. he, he was absolutely like i said there was only one bruno like he was a guy i never thought was gonna die yeah, yeah. yeah. guys that was bigger than life this was gonna live forever and he was just like it's beyond an icon and you know, left an impression that nobody else can leave. Now, as I got into the business, I mean, obviously his wrestling style wasn't anything to be copied. So yeah. the guy that I copied the most and really looked up to the most was Rick Martell. His look, my look, his style, my style was like, you know, that was the guy that I wanted to be. That and, you know, it's because everything he represented, every, everything about him, his look, his style, his, his baby face, everything. I love Rick Martel. Rick Martel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Tom's a big Martel guy. I am, I am a huge Rick Martel fan. Definitely one of the most underrated wrestlers, yeah, in, Tito, in my opinion. Tito's that style. Yep, we uh, just had Tito on last month. Oh, yeah, Tito's phenomenal. Tito, I'll tell you about Tito later. Tito was a, was a, was a mentor in different ways to me. Oh, so what I mean, you know, his style, you know, you had like Martell and Zink and you had guys like that. And, mm -hmm. it, you know, just that, that, you know, that, that young baby face, fiery baby face. I mean, that's, that's what you were, that's what you were out to be. I mean, that's what, if you had that look, that's the kind of wrestler you wanted to be. Definitely. Now you mentioned Tom Zink. Uh, you teamed with him in WCW for a while. Now, how was that teaming with him? 
Well, Tom Zink was another guy. He just he just had too many problems. Like Tom Zink was the most phenomenal athlete. Like he had great yes. genetics. His yeah, body deal. was phenomenal. There's nothing he couldn't do in the ring. Like everything came easy to him. It's just like by the time like I got hired because of Tom Zink, they were looking for a partner. I was in Puerto Rico. I was leaving Puerto Rico at the time, and I sent my. Uh, you know, back then you just send like a resume and like a, you know pictures, whatever else to, to yeah. WWF at the time and WCW. I got a call a week later from Magnum TA at the oh. time. This is now this is ninety two, wow. saying that they're looking for a partner. And I, you know, I, I I dropped all the names of the guys that were there that I wrestled already. You yeah. know, like the Mick Coley's of the world and the, and the Ravens of the world and awesome. all the guys that I was already on shows with, Paul Heyman. Like, every guy that I came up with that already had a job there, yeah. I put in my resume. They called me right away. So they, they talked to those guys. They vouched for me. And then they called me and said, we want to bring in the team with Tom Zink. He needs a partner. We need something for him to do. And, uh, but, you know, like I said, at the time, uh, Bill Watt was there. Bill yes. Watt and Dusty Rhodes, all they were worried about was getting their kids over. Okay? Yeah. So the baby faces, if you weren't staying... Or, you know, like the typical, you were, it was oh, it was a big drop-off. Yeah. Wow. Like, you know, we were that good tag team that, you know, they would put you over to get you over, and then they you'd be the good tag team to put over that heel team. Yeah. You know, like they would keep you in the middle just because they didn't want to take any shine off of their kids. So, I mean, of all the wrestling, that was where the nepotism was at its worst. Yeah. For those for those years, because Eric Watts was so green. I mean, they were all nice guys. I'm not here to bash anybody, but again, Eric Watt was there to be pushed, and 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 Dustin Rhodes was there to be pushed, and yeah. everybody else was just there. Yeah, so during that time frame, face. you could definitely you could definitely tell that. Yeah, I mean, if you were a babyface, they were just keeping you at bay. Yeah. I mean, they would give Bagwell. Bagwell was there for a long time, but see, he was already making good money, mm-hmm. so he was there to be used decently. And then they would—they were always looking for a team for him as a partner for him as well. So I mean, they bring in Scorpio was there. Um, he was one of my best friends when they brought him in. Nice. I was like Scorpio. Yeah, Scorpio was one of my best friends. Him and they would put him with Bagwell. You know, yeah. it's the same thing. They would just use us. Um, Keep you strong to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Keep you at a certain level to a certain degree, and then go from there. But you know, again, Zenk was—he was phenomenal. He just yeah. had too many. You know, he, he just was—he was there too long. Let me let me I just try and try and give you an example. He was just there too long. Too yeah. Bitterness. By the time I came in, I was so excited to get my first break. Gotcha. He more was a damper. He's like, oh, you know, they're going to screw us. So it's always like the, the the doom and gloom. Instead of letting me. Mm-hmm experience it and love it and have fun it yeah. was always like oh they're gonna screw us over they're gonna build us up now don't get me wrong he wasn't wrong, <laughs> he wasn't wrong. <laughs> it's just the fact pretty much he was right on what he said it's just i wanted to enjoy yeah but you don't want to hear that yeah, yeah you don't want to hear that guy no, you're, young, in the company. you're young you're impressionable in the business you don't really need somebody being so negative around you yeah it was the negativity that brought him down and you know they yeah. they they, they they would punish when they would see it, you're moping and stuff. Then you they would punish you. And like, there were times where he was in a doghouse, and they would like we would lose the match, and he would be the one to take the fall, which normally like the chest spot. 
they would always try and keep yeah. Tom strong because he was always a guy you could throw in there and have a, a great match with a Brian Pillman and guys like that. Some of his former yeah. partners. Steve Austin, you know, guys like that. They were all there mm-hmm. while we were yeah. there. And like I said, Tom, you could see he would get himself in the doghouse. They would turn around and make him do jobs just to wise, his, you know, wise him up. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, I love the guy, you know, rest in peace, but it just, I just wish things were different while we were there. I wish it was more of a, you know, just have a good attitude, wish for the best, and, and see and hope for the best. That's all you really can do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, it makes sense. Well, Tom, I got to I gotta ask you a question because, you know, I did my, my research on you, and I know, you know, obviously Salvador Sincere, you know, WWF, but t- I want to ask you about Chippendale Tom Brandy. Where'd that gimmick come from? <laughs> well, it all started with the Savoldi's IWCCW in Maine. So yes. back in the early years, before I went to Memphis, that was like the biggest game in town because they were doing like TV. As you would go up there, they would do two, three days in a row. Mm. And back then, you know, you're just trying to get in the ring. Yeah, get your time in. Company. Yeah, you're the only company. They were the only company that would do two and three and maybe four shows in a row. They would put you on TV. And back then, you know, you said to yourself, yeah, you know, let me get some of the TV coverage, start building a tape, get a tape together, send it to the big companies. So, um, yeah, you we want to pad the there, resume you know, at that point. They're steady for Mario Savoldi. And it just happened. It was like, I don't even remember if anybody just actually take credit for it or like the announcers just say like oh you know Tom you know you like Chippendale this or comes out of Chippendale New York it just kind of just happened yeah and once it just happens you just kind of play it off and then the announcers are, are saying it and then you start using it on other shows and it just kind of happened so I mean when I went to Memphis I took that to Memphis I mean anything I, I did in Memphis was I'm Chippendale Brandy, so it just stayed with me for a while. <laughs> now, like, I, I've always wanted to ask a professional wrestler, like, how they get the name, right? So you come into WWF, and you get the name Salvador Sincere. Now, did that name, did you think of that name, or did someone tell you that name? How does that process work? So, there's not a name that I came up with besides my real name. Okay. Yeah. Anywhere you go... Like, I'll even give you a good, imp- I'll give you my WCW one after I answer this question. Yeah. So, what 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 happens is, like, I sent, actually, you know what, let me do that first, because WCW <laughs> was before WWF. Yeah. yeah. So, when Got I it. went in and I sat with Magnum the first day, so I sent some pictures from Puerto Rico, did stuff with suit. Like, back then, it, it really paid off, like, you did this suit and tie thing, mm-hmm. and people took notice, because, like, all the other independent guys are all dressed like bums. And yeah. if you show up and you do promos and suit, like a suit and tie, like just a you know, complete runoff of Ric Flair and what Ric Flair tried to show, it, it really worked. Yeah. So like, when I would show up at WW, I showed up at a taping one time local in, in Allentown, and they gave me a tryout that right on the spot with Reno Riggins. I didn't get hired, but they took notice because I walked in. I looked like a professional. I look like, you know, suit. You had the you know, you had the tan, you had the hair, you had the suit, you look like a million bucks. You you walk in there and they take notice. So that always opened doors up for me. So when I sent my promo picture to Dusty Rhodes and Magnum and they called me in a week's time, they they called me because of the uh, pictures in the, it, with the belt 
from Puerto Rico to shoot from Puerto Rico, and they nice. took notice. And and I'll never forget. So I'll be, I'll give you my best Dusty impersonation. He goes, <laughs> he goes, he goes, kid. He said, I got your pictures, kid. He said, he said, he said, I looked at your pictures. You look like a mafia man. He said, you look like, you look like. He goes, he goes, you look like in the mafia, the mafia. He said, you look like a gangster. He goes, I was trying to come up with a name. And he goes, you know, something with a machine gun. Like something with a gun, with a, with a, with a revolver. He goes, I say, you look like a Johnny. A Johnny, like a Johnny, too good looking, a looking gun. He goes, Johnny gun. Johnny, too good looking. Johnny, I was saying myself, Johnny, Johnny, too good, look, good looking kid. Johnny, Johnny, too good looking gun. It's your video, baby. And I said, that was, that was honest to God, 1,000% true story. Oh, man. So that was, that was Johnny Gunn. Wow. So then, when we went to WWF, so this is after the tryout, I didn't get hired. They give you a whole song and dance. Oh, yeah. you know, stay close to your phone and yeah. blah, blah, blah. So probably another year went by. And then, I, you know, you would send your stuff in every, you know, six months or whatever. You tried to be like, Keep you, know, you, fresh. You, you wanted them to know you were out there. You didn't want, you didn't want them to forget about you. So I get, a, uh, I get a call from Bruce Pritchard. And at the time... They were looking, so so I'll tell you the, the front and the back story to it. So we get hired, so I'm, I'm hired with Alex Portel, Tony Anthony, Bill Irwin, and Tracy Smothers, okay? Oh, Tracy. All mm. veterans, because they were starting to run more house shows. They wanted a good group of veterans to match up. They know they could put any of us in it with anybody, and we can give them a good match. Yeah. So we go up there and interview. They hired us. I mean, they knew. We, I mean, we went up there to be hired. They already knew who we were. Cause see, Bruce Pritchard and JJ Dillon and Jim Ross just came. Well, like Jim Ross and JJ just came from WCW while we were there. So that's when the market started really heating up, and it was start to become a free agent. We're going into the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they grabbed us and they signed us right away. So. My buddy calls me. He goes, dude, he goes, you ain't going to believe what Dave Meltzer put in his sheet. Oh, goes, oh God, this God. fucking scumbag. Now, this is, before I, this is before I even went. It's just like three days before I went up there to sign, right? Jeez. He goes, he goes, Tom Brandy, Alex Porto, Tony Anthony, Tracy Smothers, and Bill Irwin have been hired as just above jobber status. Oof. Fuck. And I said, Jeez. how can you label me? How can you label me? I've never even wrestled one match. Damn. And where never does he get in this from? Who's match? his source? Like, that's what him. I want to know. I hate him. just above jobber status. Yeah, well, that's the kind of trash that, you know, guy like Meltzer is. But that's either here nor there. Oh, I was. I had a fire lit in my ass. To say, yeah. I'm going sure. to go up there. I'm going to show you. You know, I'm yeah. going to make something of myself. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, again, Damn. coming off WCW, you're already in the big leagues. You already saw how it worked. Coming, you know what I mean? Coming, out, I already wrestled. I wrestled in Japan for Baba. I wrestled mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico. I wrestled in WCW. So now I have my feet were wet. I know what to do. I know what's what I need to do. So because we were labeled going in, they yeah. pretty much again we were labeled. Yeah. So we, yeah. They knew where they 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 knew what level they wanted us to get to, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate but true. So what what changed everything for me was. They saw that I was comfortable. They put me in a live 
Monday Night Raw with The Undertaker. So I was going as undefeated. Okay. Now, now I walk into the building and Kevin Kelly comes up to me. He goes, he goes, you're the man tonight, brother. He goes, you got a big one. I'm thinking like, yeah, I'm thinking like Flash, Funk, guys, The Rock, I've been wrestling, guys, I've been wrestling. He goes, you and Taker, and it's over two segments. So wow. when you wow. go live over two segments, that's like an eternity. That's right. Yeah. I'm like, well, obviously they got to have some kind of confidence in me if they're going to let me go with their top guy. Absolutely. Two live segments on live Raw when we're in a we're in a war with WCW. Yeah. Wow. So, that's a lot of TV wow. time. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that is a lot of so, TV time. Like, yeah, screw you, Meltzer. Me right. was, <laughs> he was wrong. I wasn't even like, you get past the nervous part, you're like, you're raring to go. You're like, listen, I'm going to beat the shit out of him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my attitude then was, listen, i got no time to be nervous. Yeah. Because the second you get in the ring, well, you know, yeah, you've been there before. I've been there before. Yeah. I'm going to show the world that I belong. And, like, I go back today. That was in 96. Yeah. I go back today, and I watch that match on YouTube, and I say to myself, you know what? I'm proud of myself because I, I wasn't. I was in there. I was in there doing the Macarena because the Macarena dance was. <laughs> yeah, that was the hot thing. Yeah, that was the hot thing. I said it was all part of Sal and Tears makeup. Okay, and they had no involvement in my makeup besides the outfit and the name. Yeah, I went in there. I said, you know what? I'm going to show the world, and I'm here to stay. And and no matter what they say or they do, I said I'm going to take it to him. I'm going to like he's going in there just another Monday Night Raw for a guy that's been on top of the world forever. And I said, but he's going to know me after it's over. Exactly. So, so like, you guys can go back and watch the match, and you say, that's a pretty good match. Now, again, it's not. it didn't have to be a match that was going to set any kind of records or, like, turn wrestling back a thousand years. Or, 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 but to me, it was something. Like, to me, when I go back now, I say, well, I say, you know what? I was comfortable. I was aggressive. I took it to him. I took big bumps, bounced around. I laid the shit in. I gave it to him good. And there's nothing I would have did different. And, and you know, we wrestle one time. We, I come through the curtain. Vince is at the curtain at the gorilla position. He yeah. gives me a big hug. He says, "Hell of a job." He goes, "We didn't think you. Ha- we didn't know you had that in you." That's awesome. Wow. So, and you got offense so like, in on the Undertaker, like that's big. That's a big deal. That's their boy. He was the he was the guy, and you were allowed to get yeah, offense. Yeah, he was. He was and the two guy. Segments and the thing was, that. it was live. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't something where they're going to be able to cut out, right, or okay. edit, or any of that other shit. It's going to be something that they're you take it to them, you give it your best, and then you like walk away and say, "That's right, that's right." I'm, you know, yeah, I'm, hell yeah, I'm, I'm the man. Booster. I'm the man. So they would put me in spots after that. So so what happened was they, I was the only one of the five to get a real contract out of the five guys. Mm, so yeah. I felt that I earned it. I felt that I was earmarked. We were all earmarked. We were all stereotyped. Yeah. I was the only guy to get the extension and a real contract after that. Damn. That's great. So I went, you know, to this day, people would say, oh, do you know The Rock? I said, no, The Rock. I wrestled him 40 freaking times. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. and, and the worst part is when they turned me babyface, I mean, yeah, it was a good run with Mero. Mm-hmm. But once that run was over and they moved him to Goldust, that was it for me. Then you're starting to do jobs. And I just, I got to the point where I said the independents were absolutely on fire. Yeah. This is now 99 
And I mean, they, you talk about going from, I wasn't, see, I didn't want a job as my real name. I didn't care about Sal Sincere. It was a character. Yeah. It was a heel. It was a character. I could always get my shit in. I could always take it to the heel, baby face, like give it to him. Like, S matches were flash funk. I mean, we would go nuts. Yeah. We had a match. Flash is a phenomenal worker. Yeah, because he brings all those moves. All I had to do was go with him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we were in South Africa, and it was probably my best match that I was there, just because he got shit out of me that I, I nobody else could get out of me. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody else could get this out of me. Brocky was more green, where he was a big dude. You're not going to see any 360 splashes in a match yeah. with Brocky. <laughs> no. This is prior to the elbow. This is prior to the eyebrow. This is prior yep. to all his... His gimmicks that he's a blue chipper at that point. Yeah, this is Rocky Maivia, like you know, curly hair, curly hair rock. Leave the match, give him a good match, get him over, get him over, get him comfortable, get him experienced. Yep. So once I became my real name, I said, I'm not sticking around here. I'm not here to be a jobber as a baby face. Once you start doing jobs as a baby face, you're shit. You're done. Yeah, you're done. You're worthless. You're worthless. I said, I don't care if Sal sincere because I was a heel. I yeah. would always slip on the banana peel. I was a cartoon character. I was a goofball, and I had fun. And it was Sal sincere. It wasn't Tom Brand. Mm -hmm. I love the other way to Brandy, put it. I had too much pride to sit back and get beat. And I said, I, I turned in my notice. I said, we were coming back to Philadelphia. And this was after three months of doing nothing. Yeah. And I mm -hmm. said, you know what? I turned in my notice. I said, I won't be in Philadelphia. I'm not doing jobs in front of my hometown again. I said, enough's enough. My first month on the independence, and this is honest to God, no bullshit, I had 16 bookings nice. my first Whoa. month. That's how hot independence were. Yeah. You said in a Coming month? Coming off TV. That was a good time. TV, you name, yeah, you name your price. You get your as many bookings. I mean, we're doing doubles and triple shots. Wow. 16 oh, yeah. dates in the first month of August, my first oh. month as a free agent. First wow. First month. Wow. That's amazing. Came out the gate hot. So, yeah. And, like, not a lot of people the, talk about, like, that, like, that, like, that, like, that, like, like, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s, like, Indian ones were hot. No, and yeah, you know what? I became a small fish that was forgotten in the big pond to the big fish. So the second you're available, you know all the Indians are calling you. Yeah. Everybody's calling you. Those first six months, you're walking on water. Mm -hmm. You're walking on water, you, you know, you, you can do nothing wrong. People are fighting over you. They're giving you whatever you want. Yep. And, you know, you're, you're the big star on the indie show. And that's what it was. I mean, that, you know, you leave, no regrets. Enough was enough. I was there long enough. I did enough long enough. And the, the, I wasn't going to stay there as a baby face and just, Waste, 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 be, you know, waste away and do nothing. Get beat. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you stuck to your convictions, you know, yeah. and you and did what you wanted to do. And your best you know, years were ahead of you. Right you know, for you, yeah. and that's totally fine. Was, I, was like, I wish I stayed heel the whole time. I wish they never turned yeah. face. I wish I stayed heel the whole time. Yeah, that's like one thing that you always hear like so many stories about. Like uh, we were talking with Tito Santana and, you know, he's been babyface his whole career and everything like that. We one of the only... Yeah, one of the yeah, only like guys. One of the only yeah, guys dragon. to do that. But we were one of the only is right. Him yeah. and Ricky yeah. Steamboat. One of the only. Yep. Him and yeah. Ricky. But we yeah. asked him, like, why wasn't there that switch? And he was like, it just wasn't the right time. So. Tito, yeah. Tito was perfect for what he read at the time. He oh, came absolutely. in. I mean, I was going to the matches 
I was there his first night in the territory in Allentown. I was there as a kid, as, yes. you know, going there with my dad in Allentown in Hamburg when they would do the tapings. Yes. And Tito came in. I remember, you know, he had the red outfit, he had the blue outfit. Mm -hmm. I took pictures as a kid. I still like a lot of the pictures I took as a 12-year-old are showing up now on all these websites. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, a lot of the stuff I take shows up now on all these, these you know, these wrestling websites on Facebook and everywhere in between. Yeah, Tito was perfect. He went from one partner to another to another to another. And, yeah. you know, he was he was like that middle. And then he's perfect for, like, Intercontinental Champion. He, oh, yeah. He was perfect for what he represented. He had a great run. He was a workhorse. He was a great two workhorse. Times over, right. uh, two times over 200 days, both times. Oh, there's no doubt. Like, Tito... The thing I was going to tell you about Tito, that I, I he, he's one of my idols for one reason only. Yes. Besides of his, his ring in, in the ring work, he was one of the few guys that, you know, did, did right with their money. So many yeah. guys blew their money. Tito was one of the few smart ones that's good to this day. Definitely. And he is one of the few where I can count on one hand. Wow. Mm -hmm. Like, so many guys blew every dime. Wow. And then that's yes. why so many had to continue to wrestle into their 60s and, and, and you know, 70s. Just because they blew everything they made it. And, like, mm -hmm. it's not like they're ever going to go get a job anywhere. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, Tito ran for a long time on Independence. Like, I wrestled him, like, seven years ago, I want to say it was. But it's not like he had to at the time. He just did it for the love of the sport. Like, yeah, Tito did everything right, Tito. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a star on the Indies. Yep. He had all his money. He put all three of his kids through college out of his pocket, no loans. Which is awesome. He put his he put his wife in business with a, a salon, hair salon. Yep. Mm -hmm. And he's always been smart. He's always yeah. and when they opened up that AWF in, in ninety four, I was one of the first guys they hired. I was in between WWF awesome. WCW and WWF. Wow. And he hired me to and that was the funnest company I worked for and they just didn't last. They had yeah. so much fun there. It was so much fun. All the guys were all free agents, and there were some great, great names back then. Who were, who were some of the guys out there? Yeah, who were some of the names? Oh, God, you got to look it up. The, the video, Warriors of Wrestling, if you go on Amazon, it's like a okay. four-disc set, a DVD set. Yeah. And it for like 10 bucks. It is absolutely worth it. You yeah, had everybody that was anybody that was a free agent. And, I mean, you had, you had Valentine, Tommy Rich, Slaughter, Psycho Sid, Greg Valentine, wow. um, Coco Beware. I mean, I'm 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 not going to list. I'm going to forget more than I'm telling you. I'm just thinking, guys. <laughs> Tom Zink, Jimmy Powers, um, Texas Hangman, um, Chris Adams, um, Fidel Sierra, Ricky Santana. In other words, there's another twenty. I'm not even remembering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still, that's Everybody a hell of a list right there, brother. <laughs> Sarge and Tito were the bookers. Everybody respected Sergeant Tito, so they call you. You're there. You don't even ask yeah. if you're getting paid. You're there. You're there. Oh, yeah. So I got over enough with those guys to where they thought enough of me to bring me in and give me a good push while it lasted. That's awesome. And it was, it was starting to run out of gas, and then Vince called, and I just went with Vince, and that was it. Yeah. Mm. So before, uh, before that time, you also worked in ECW for a little bit. Um, very little, very, very yeah. little. ECW so Mark, stunned, but but <laughs> you were still ECW tag champ with Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, so, so we were like the initial. I think like Stetson and Hot Body. We did one of those quick little yes. uh, schmazes where we pinned them and won the belts. The mm -hmm. problem with ECW, and, and again, my story never changes. The reason I didn't stay there is because I was real busy on the Indies at the time. 
And yes. they were canceling one show after another. They just couldn't get going. Wow. You know, they were good for the guys that were just here and there on the Indies. Mm-hmm. And the guys that like stuck with it, like Heyman favored all his New York guys, like Taz and Dreamer and all those guys. Yeah, yeah. Just was like, just get them. Stay, stay, stay. Give me, give it a chance. Give it a chance. Give it a chance. I got to the point where it was like, listen, dude, I'm turning shows down for your cancellations. Yeah. You're no more than another independent to me. Because I told you, I worked for Joe Goodhart and then Todd Gordon. And that went, you know, that was just, that was, that was coming to an end. So yeah. what Heyman was trying to do to save it, it was just such a long shot. And again, I have no regrets because what these guys had to do to, to the life that they had to live and the, and the lifestyle they had to live wasn't me. I mean, if it was, it was, it just wasn't. I mean, I'm glad yeah. those guys had the success because it just makes the business better. Definitely. The more companies out there, the more guys working, the more guys making money, sell out crowds, that just makes the other business better. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you look at like uh, current products when it took AJ Styles like forever to get to the WWE. It took but him way he too had long. An absolutely yeah. amazing career. Way too TV. long. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's why having is- these other companies are great for wrestling. Yeah, and the problem is now, like ECW was such a. You know, I was in WWF when they did that that in, 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 invasion. Yeah. So, I mean, all that all those invasion angles always got over. Yeah, like, definitely. We were coming back from an overseas tour in Germany. They were keeping us in the dark, like, oh, the ECW guys showed up there. It's totally kayfabe. It's not yeah. planned. And we're like, it is. Stop. Don't <laughs> <laughs> try to work. It's obviously it's planned. You're not going to have these guys just wandering in your building. Yeah. As soon as the camera goes on a guy, you know it's planned. Oh, yeah. yeah exactly. Absolutely. He's That's planned. why I got to say I'm a little skeptical with uh, the Montreal screw job. And yeah, there's so many, there's so many stories on well, that. I, I was there. I was there, and I don't know yeah. any more than you guys. I'll be honest. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Damn it. <laughs> and and like, I, I see the same story that Mike Kyoto told and they on, on the dark side of yep. the ring and everything yep. else. Yeah. I mean, I, if you remember, there was a story where Brett, they got to fight in the locker room. Yep. Yeah. And Brett came out of the locker room with a handful of Sean's hair. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. in Connecticut. I remember that like it was yesterday. I was standing right by the door, and what? you could hear you could hear like a big schmaz in the locker room. Couldn't see anything because it was behind closed doors, but you could you knew something was going on. All these agents started flying in and flying out, and yeah. Brett came out, you know, cursing up a storm, and he had a whole handful of Sean's hair, and everybody knew it. They, you know, they didn't like each other. Yeah, but yeah. the whole schmaz was, you know, what? Like I said to this day. And he hit Vince, and, and it's almost like when they were doing Pillman. Pillman was yeah. so believable as being a, uh, off the, I was there for off that the when cuff, he was off the yeah. rocker. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. You didn't really know what was going to happen. You really didn't know. Yeah, Pillman but, got but, a gun, that whole uh, infamous promo. Like, I was, I was leaving when they were doing that boxing contest. Yeah. Oh. I was there for about another oh, month when they God. started that. <laughs> yeah, the tough, Thank God. tough enough. <laughs> yeah, I was out the door. I, it started, and I was there about a the month before I was Brawl for all. Yeah. Brawl for yeah. all. Brawl for all. Yeah, and I'm like, you know what? The career yeah, ender. They were trying to shoot back then. Oh, yeah. God. Because WCW was doing all those surprises. Look who shows up on Monday night. So WWF was trying to do everything. Oh, this is real, and... 
Brian Tillman had a gun and all this other shit. Yeah, that was... Oh, you know, it, everyone cool. talks about the Attitude Era being, like, the best time of wrestling. Yeah, it's the time that I remember as a kid, which was, like, fantastic. But at the same point, I look back, some of this shit was real cringeworthy, man. It was. Well, you know, the problem was, like, when they did the thing with McMahon and the uh, limousine, the local limousine, yep. I was gone by then. But see, this is when they really went cutting edge, and they just went crazy. It was too much. Yeah. Too much. That's why I was home when, Brit, when see Owen Hart became my best friend like the last year after oh, wow. Brett and Davy Boy and 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 um, Nightheart left, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. Owen was left by himself. So yes. Owen, he was always a cool guy. I looked down there. So he came to me like we ended up being on a bunch of the the, 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 the tours together. Yeah. We were like kind of like we were both kind of loners to where like you know what I'm not into the drug scene I'm not into the, the um, pills so like either was he so he knew I was clean and he was clean so we ended up traveling together and like for the last year and then I was gone so my buddy calls me that night and he goes dude he goes because at that time I was bitter I hated wrestling I would never watch yeah. so like it was like six months after I was gone so. My buddy calls me, he goes, dude, you're going to believe this. Owen Hart, dead. And now this wasn't long after Vince pulled that shit with the uh, limo. Yeah. So I said, dude, mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I said, at this stage of the game, I bet, who knows if he's dead? I said, I hate the fact that it was fake to death, but they fake Vince's death in the limo. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, oh, wow. he, was, he, was, he was a great guy. He was my best friend. And yeah. it was unfortunate what happened, but... You know, again, we all know the story behind it. We all know what happens. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, still, still like, <laughs> still mind-boggling. It, and, and, that and, wound is still and, one. And, and Tom, it's funny. Open. It's funny you brought Owen Hart up because I actually I just watched his Dark Side of the Ring again, like for the fourth time the other day. Yeah, it was on. Yep. What, what boggles my mind to this day, and I think every wrestling fan can say the same, and you know, any professional wrestler can say the same, that the show still went on. That's the part that's that's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, the show, and what I can tell you about Owen, everything they portrayed about him was 100%. He would call, now back then, this is like 97, um, when we were traveling the most, and um, 97, 98, and this is pre-cell phones, like cell phones were right around the corner. Yeah. So like, back then, we had, you know, you do the prepaid calling cards, and you would call, like every night, he would go back to the hotel and call home, he'd be on the phone for an hour with his wife and his two kids. Yeah. And, and I mean, every night. Seven nights a week, he would check in, like, uh, probably in the morning from the hotel, call, you know, of course, you know, again, it's tough. I mean, we take it for granted with these cell phones and all the stuff that the cell phones can do. Back then, it's a, it's a prepaid calling card, it's a cell phone, it's a, it's a paid phone. That's a shit you, you just do, because that's all it was. You learn, yeah. That's all it was. You learn to live with it. But he was the biggest family man I've ever been around. Yeah. And the guy that trained me, Clue, was the second biggest family man I've ever been around. Just two guys that were straight and narrow, and that's why I was on the straight and narrow, because of the guys I was around. And I tell a lot of people about, like, you know, with my indie thing, the number one family man that I know is you. So I always yeah, see that you're at your kids' baseball games and everything like that, and I respect the hell out of that, and I like seeing that stuff, man. So I you know what it is. experiences with you, dude. Yeah, so when we, you know, when you were doing more of the shows, yeah. And now, now, you know, now the kids, the time's flying by. Mm-hmm. And I say to myself, 
face, but man, I wish it was. I wish it was 2006 again. I wish it was 2008 again because this last 20 years with all like the Panzerino shows and all the indies yeah. together. I mean, yeah. Christ, the shit that we took for granted, we would kill to have back now. I know. It's, not, it's, it's gone. It's not around anymore. I know. It's like, like I was dreading. I would dread going to some of Panzerino's buildings now. I would kill <laughs> to have him back running shows. Yeah, I mean, like, when I first started working, you know, it's like 11 years ago now, it's like, there were so many independent companies in New Jersey. Now, there's like, three that you would say are like, relatively reputable. And one of them is run by that scumbag Rob Fury. So I take that completely away that that's not reputable. (laughs) let's, let's, Let's rephrase it, Jeff. So here's what it is. You have companies running. Yes, and that's it. So, yeah, so that's it. the only there's only one reputable guy in New Jersey, and that's Gino Caruso. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. G- Gino's the only one. Rob has had so many problems. Yes, with so many people that he screwed. Up. I don't understand how he's still around. I absolutely no clue. It's my mind. And then you know what it is, Jeff. The problem, and this is what opened my eyes during the pandemic, doing the shows. There's too many guys that just want to run to run. That's my problem. Yeah. Definitely. Like before, Panzerino would do 300 people would be a bad show. Mm-hmm. Now, you got to you got to book about eight guys to get 300 people if you're lucky. Yeah. Like I I look at I look at Fury's poster sometimes. Sandman, Tommy Dreamer, Snitsky, this guy, Tito, that guy. You're yeah. lucky if there's 150 people there. I know. Wow. It's like I don't know. Who, I don't know who's paying the guys. All I know is. <laughs> well, it ain't Rob. I think I saw a gang grill on a poster paying. one time. Yeah. What was what was that? I saw no. I, I saw I saw Gangrel on one of his posters one time. I just <laughs> oh, yeah. the names. Yeah, yeah it's an old deal. Yeah. yeah, I mean anybody Eric Sims brings in, he'll use them there. But the point is, you know, the wrestlers got to be paid. They're they're not going to take it, you know less money because there's a hundred people there. Yeah. There's some money marks behind it, and Rob finds a way to go from one money mark to another. Always. He continues to do it, and but the shows the shows are not good. I mean, the Jersey no. shows are bad and that's the one state I could just all sum them up as they're all bad yeah which is a sad and it, it is you have CCW Alicata will run two good shows a year in North mm-hmm. Jersey and Sterling Gino Gino is really he's waiting for this COVID thing to really get away because that Gino was good for 50 shows a year he's running yeah. about he's running about two shows since COVID that's crazy that's a lot he's of money TV man. and that's it yeah, yeah. Gino, yeah. like he did, always put on really good shows. I completely agree with you on that. Gino put on a lot of good shows. Magic is starting to run some shows now around here, which, you know, I I hope the best for him because I always like Magic. I always thought he was a great guy. Um, and uh, Titan Wrestling is basically a lot of like the the people from Fury and then the people. No, from, I know. Uh, I was NWS. I wasn't trying to mention some names. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> if, you, if you don't, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know what it is, Jeff. It's not. It's not. I'm not out to bury anybody. But you know what? Here's my problem. Everybody wants to be Facebook promoters. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. They're all. That's dro- a good way to put it. That's, that's a way to put it. That's a great way to put it, Tom. They're all drawing a hundred people. Yes. I mean, they're all drawing a hundred people. So, like, that's where I. That's what. That's where I, I cut it off. Yeah, when guys call me now, and I'm starting to get calls for bookings again over the summer, which and I'm good. actually turning shows down because I don't want to do these small shows anymore. It's just I'm too I'm too old. 
I got a new car. I don't want to put miles on my new car. For 50 people. For a hot dog and a handshake, back. right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The money, the money will be there. The money will be there. It's just a point. There's, there's, there's 50 people in the crowd. Yeah. They don't want to do anything to make it better. They want to have a dozen freaking matches and 60 or 40 freaking wrestlers. I don't want to be mm-hmm. part of that. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. That's because way like too the much. day is literally like 12 hours long. It's like a 12 yeah. hour long event for like and what? People you know, aren't engaging let, that let, much. Let, let the young guys get their time in the ring. I don't, I don't need it. I've been doing it too long. Let yeah. the young guys get their time. Let them run 30 minute matches, 20 minute matches, a million high spots because it's their time. Let them do it. Yeah. But nobody's I mean, getting paid. Nobody's yeah. getting paid. They're going in for free just to get the, a, a video to put on YouTube. And right. that's what the business has turned into. Well, look, I'm not saying that like I was really too much of anybody, but when I wrestled, there was no way I was leaving the door unless I knew I was going to fucking paid. Because yeah. exactly. why are you going to risk your body? It's absolutely the exactly. you got to get like, paid. And, and think about the guys that you worked for, like when you were with Panzerino, everybody got paid with Joe. Joe didn't let anybody work for free. Nope. I mean, there were ticket sellers. I mean, yeah, you had to pay your dues. I had to sell tickets yeah. when I started. Yeah. And yet you pay your dues, but you still got it. You know, you got an old handshake with something in it. But yeah. I mean, now when you have these guys that are doing, you know, they, they want to pump it up all over the internet, mm-hmm. and then nobody gets paid, and that's my problem. That's my problem. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. like I'll get paid, but nobody else will. Like I'll get mine. I'll keep yeah. myself affordable. I always have been. Yeah. And then I'll see a lot a locker room of forty guys. And I'm old enough to be their dad, and that's fine because, like I said, I was in the locker room with Jimmy Snooker's. You know, I'm in there with Jimmy Snooker's, 70 years old. So you know, yeah, I'm, I'm nowhere near that. But I get the point of being the oldest guy in the locker room. Yeah. Well, look, any time that I've been in the locker room with you, it's a good locker room because you're yeah. always there you're talking to the young talent you're helping them out when they have any kind of questions i know you always were there for me and shenzo when we used to team you guys you were always there if we had any kind of questions and you know we wrestled a billion different times you know so no, you know i always appreciated having that's a guy like you in the locker room that's what i'm saying guys like when you're not around that's a loss there's yeah. nobody there's nobody out there with guys like your size and your ability yeah, so when you exactly. see guys like yourself, you know Pete, Peter Bond, you know Big Pete. Yeah, yeah. Guys, guys like Pete and those guys, they're you don't see guys like that uh, that much. I mean, yeah, you're always going to see the kid that's 160 pounds. <laughs> but it's the bigger guys that can work. Few and far between. Well, the other thing is when they have. I'm sorry. Hey, you're right. You're right. I would see. I would yeah. see a kid like you and say, "Hey, this kid's got a chance to go to WWE someday." Yeah, and like a lot of times too, when there were bigger guys in a locker room, unfortunately they were just big, and that was it. You know, at least like you know, I I have been told you know that when I was in the ring, at least I could move around. So, but also I did it right. I went to the Monster Factory. I trained down there. I had Larry Sharp. I had Gary Wolf and Blue Meanie. They helped train me. So it's not like exactly. You know, you you just set up the ring and that's it. But this is like the problem with the independents nowadays, at least in my eyes, is these guys, they think that they're going to immediately get called by freaking AEW just because they have this YouTube bullshit. But they didn't pay any dues or anything. What's good about it is these big companies at one point would not look at a guy under 200 pounds. So when Vince finally hired 123 Kid and then Chris Candido, 
at least yeah. it opened up the world to a smaller yeah. wrestler, which is great because they're they're usually the best wrestlers anyway. Yeah, definitely. so now now yeah, you could. Uh, about it's probably been close to two years now because last year was wiped away because of COVID anyway. Sure. Anyway, like they're saying, oh, he just signed with AEW. I said, what? Like, again, no disrespect. Don't look at it this shit he's doing with the hands in the pockets. I'm like, I'm going to get the freak out of this business. I've been around this shit too long. <laughs> oh, Orange. Uh, I, said, I, I, yeah, give Orange I give up. Orange Cassidy, yeah. man. He, he has I that uh, great gimmick when he puts his hands in his pockets and just stands there and, quarter, he gets, and, and he gets over. Quarter, quarter, great gimmick. <laughs> and he, and he I gets give over. Up. I just said, you know what? I've been around on this shit too long. I got to get the hell out. Of <laughs> <laughs> I would see again. No disrespect to anybody, but like I would see that, and I'm like, this is the type of guy that would get hired now. So yeah. the young guys and the small guys know there's always a chance. But I'm glad there's that. Mm. I'm glad because yeah, like it's good to have that. Size. Yeah. Right. It's right. good to have that, but at the same point, uh, I live by it's really hard to believe a guy like that is going to go over on certain people. You know, like if you put Orange Cassidy in a ring with a guy like Wardlow, Wardlow is going to fucking murder him. No, he should. No matter what. Right. So if he Orange should. Cassidy beats that guy, especially with putting his hands in his pocket, yeah, he kills it's not believable. Yeah, no. and then he kills yeah, Wardlow you know what too. Else? You know what else? The other thing is, my growing up in the business, I was led to believe one thing. You want to believe the guy's a professional wrestler. Like, you want to stand next to a guy and say, holy shit, this, I ain't going to mess with this guy. Yeah, this guy's exactly. Son of a, like, you know, a guy like yourself or a guy like Gene Snitsky or one of these guys, right? Yeah. yeah. These are real people. These are real wrestlers. These are mm-hmm. guys that that's what a professional wrestler is supposed to look like. Yeah. Okay? Then you mix in all these high flyers. Then you mix mm-hmm. in all these other gimmicks and black and white and Asian you know, yep. whatever, whatever, whatever. He mix all those in. That's what wrestling, that's how we grew up to love it. For the yeah, definitely. That it is. I if agree I completely. Fan, if I was a fan, I couldn't go to an indie show right now. I would laugh at it. I know. Uh, Some of these guys, man, I mean, they're like straight off the freaking street, and I mean off the street. Like, <laughs> I mean, like they're like five foot eight like 120 pounds and they're what? wearing like right. jeans that are like ripped up and it's like what the fuck are you doing dude yeah, you know what? as a promoter i got as a promoter i gotta mix it up a little bit better there was a show no no bs there was a show i'll never forget i'm sitting there at the gimmick table like waiting for like between matches so i got yeah. to watch a lot of the matches not to mention in the locker room this is mm-hmm. no bullshit 12 guys had went to the ring with black t-shirts. <laughs> it was a show. It was a show with probably fourteen matches. Yep. Okay. It was out in Denver, Pennsylvania. Guy ran a firehouse, and there was twelve different wrestlers. Different twelve different wrestlers. Oh, you you cut off there, Tom. I, I I just wanted to I wanted to throw twelve guys either wrestled. Either yeah. wrestled or re- took the black T-shirt off, or they went to the ring with a black T-shirt. Yeah, just, just straight black. Or, the, like, or they buy like the same generic pant those those pant shirts that they have from high spots. Like that's the same crap that you see nowadays. It's terrible, and it's been that My way for is, at least the past eight years. <laughs> you're if you're a promoter, 
you're not going to use a kid until he has gear. Okay. I completely agreed. And there's promoters out there that actually will, you know, they'll, they'll post it, they'll talk about it, they'll mention it. They want their guys that look like wrestlers. And that's, yeah. unfortunately, it's not everywhere. That's, that's the sad part. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame. I, mean, I know my very that's first it. match, I had custom gear made because I wasn't going to get in the ring without it because it was, it's embarrassing. I'm not going to play wrestler. <laughs> um, that's yeah, what a lot of these people like to do. They like to play wrestler. I always As want, opposed to well, being a wrestler. As opposed yeah. to being a wrestler, yeah. I exactly. always, I always wanted to be a professional wrestler, and then, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I mean, I watched them. You my got whole into life. the kitchen instead, Tom. Yeah, I work cooking. in a kitchen now, and I mean, I always want to be a wrestler. And you know, I to this day, I always, I want to take one bump in the ring. I just want to take one bump and run the ropes once. When I first That's met Tom, that do. was the first conversation we had, and oh, that we was Tom's thing. Yeah, we can arrange yeah. that. No, but listen, hey Tom. Yeah, that won't be hard to do. Tom. <laughs> Tom, listen, I know that you say that you only do podcasts once a year, but if we asked you to come back on, what would you say? Hell no. <laughs> Perfect. I gotta wait for my voice to come back. I'm losing my voice. Yeah. Listen, we, we, we'll we can't least, we'll have to wait at least six months. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Listen, hey, you know, we, we're gonna have you back on the show. You know, we can't appreciate you enough for coming on Sunset Flip Radio today, talking about your wrestling career. Some interesting stories and obviously none of us known about. So uh, we really appreciate it and thank you. No problem at all, guys. Thank you very much. Work with real easy. Thank awesome. you. Thanks a lot, Tom. Always a pleasure. You know, and hopefully I'll be seeing you soon, man. Yeah. So you guys uh, take care and uh, stay safe, and definitely see you down the road soon. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks a lot, brother. Take Talk care. Have soon. a good night. You thank, well. you too. Thank, thank you. Take care. Bye bye. So that was professional wrestler Tom Brandy. Awesome that, interview. That was that was great interview. 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 That was great amazing. interview. And yeah. open, ask you know just, I just you know, the realism. Each interview that we've had, mm-hmm. I'm you know I, I don't really say much during these interviews because I'm learning and yeah. I'm just getting. I just yeah. want to hear them. The only one that we had to say stories. a lot was with Riley because we're looking at her. Yeah, that's yeah, different. That's different. But like, you know, just we... to hear their stories and everything that Tom said, like uh, he went into Owen Hart. We talked about all that stuff. Oh, like, God, yeah, we got everything yeah. that we could have ever asked without meeting him in person. He's gonna and, come back on the show. The like, that was Look, that was Tom, awesome. I, I'm Tom, so thankful I consider for that. a really good friend of mine. I've known him basically. He was on one of the very first independent shows that I ever worked. Wow. And he was the first name that I ever worked on a show. And Tom is an absolute professional. Yes. He's mm. always yep. like, he's there. He watches the entire show. He helps book a lot of stuff. So he watches the entire show. He understands the business completely. He knows what a wrestler should and shouldn't do. So I respect a dude like him. Hundred percent, man. I awesome. always love Tom Brandy, and like you know, he's the man. So he's always welcome on this yeah, show. Cause absolutely. I, I next time I want to meet him in person and just have this so, uh, conversation. Oh, yeah. This was great, man. So remember, you can listen to not just this interview and episode, but all of our other episodes anywhere you find your podcast. We're out there on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and Amazon Music. You can always follow us at on Instagram at Sunset Flip Radio. Follow us on, on Facebook at Sunset Flip Radio. You can also check out our Twitter at 
Sunset Flip Radio. That's right. And you can email us at... Oh, of course. The old school way, guys. Sunsetflippodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. We have a lot of stuff coming in the works. We have some merch coming out, hopefully soon. We're going we're gonna to um, make it big. With, and we're, Tom Brandy's going to... We're, we're going to be at wrestling shows in the month of May and the month of June. So come out, hang out with us. Always the follow us. The same independent shows we were just talking yeah, about. Yeah, we September. Just talk- <laughs> yeah. And... In um, September. And I got something else linked up. Awesome. Um, yeah, uh, November. There's something's going to be happening, and I'll make this that is, announcement this is, next this week. This is new to us. Wow, Ooh, tease my bag, yep. Mister wow. Mister. It's Noise. exclusive, baby. It is, but, but something big's happening for November. Well, I my can't wait to hear God. that. So, as always, I am the $100 man, Thomas Lee. So you always join the most handsome man in the room, Alex Drayton. Mm, suave. And sitting on the edge of Christian's bed, Jeff. Thank you so much for phoning in from. Mr. Christian Cage's house, the infamous right. Mr. Wonderful Jeff Noise. Put your wonderful. Put your pants back on, Jeff. Put your pants on. Christian's coming home. We are oh, sun- <laughs> we are Sons of Football and we are out for today. Get Peace, love, and wrestling, and take care. Later. Peace.